High quality audio podcasting 101. Uh, welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast. I am Brian. And if you're hearing this phenomenal intro to the podcast, uh, you're noticing that Lizzie is not talking at all. Uh, Lizzie f- had finals at school because she's still learning how to be better at life. And I gave that up a long time ago, and now I will suck for the rest of time. Um, so I'm running this interview on my own, and it's going to be super neat. Um, today, tonight, this podcast episode, uh, I'm sitting down with my friend, Megan Rhodes, of the Peckish Rhodes Dance nope. Corporation. <laughs> nope. <laughs> False. The Dance nope. Consortium. Mm-mm. The... Uh, Peckish Roads Performing Arts Society. Yes. The papa. No, that's not <laughs> nope. those aren't the right letters. Purpose. The pur- pur- oh, God. Okay, I get it now. Fuck. I'm learning so much already. Uh, so I'm running this. Megan and I are friends. Megan lives with my girlfriend, so it's pretty easy to like get a hold of you. And uh, I'm available. I'm following <laughs> what, uh, what you've been doing, uh, creating. Do you call Peckish for short? Uh, we, if I want to shorthand it. <laughs> we usually call it the society. Gotcha. So it, then I'll call it the society. Yeah, you can do that. For the rest of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I've been following like what you've been doing, creating this, and I thought it would be super cool to have you on to talk about uh, art that we don't really like talk about, I think. Uh, I would say, from my perspective, of course, I know two dancers very closely and <laughs> have met more uh, through knowing you guys but um, obviously like we talk about emo music because it's super popular and it's something right. that has been nationwide but of course dance is like um, another art form that I think people need more awareness of and I made a dedication to myself that in 2019 I was going to enjoy other forms of art and get involved in other things inside, aside from just like going and watching bands at concerts all the time. Yeah. Um, so I thought, have you on, talk to you about being DIY in another form of art in Chicago, locally, uh, coming up in the coming up in the scene, working hard, busting ass, you know? And uh, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that introduction. Yeah, um, I, pr- I planned it for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, It's actually funny that you bring up slash like mispronounce uh, (laughs) the company name, Mm -hmm. because do you remember the conversation we had about that name when like I was first coming up with it like a year ago? I remember that I was in another room Mm -hmm. and uh, my girlfriend said, what do you think about this? And I was like. I don't know, <laughs> or or whatever I said, but I was like, no, you were like, you're like, it's just like I just don't know what it is. Yeah. And then like later on that night, you said something about emo social club, and yeah. I was like, oh, I, uh, I don't know what that is. And Brian was like, uh, point taken. And we both right. stuck with our names, and yep. uh, <laughs> and we're running, we're riding it out, <laughs> and we live to tell the tale. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> this is going to be a real loose episode, I can tell, because we're just like, 
Yeah. Off the rails. Lizzie's our like focus person. <laughs> I am not. I'm just like, let's fucking bullshit for an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why don't you talk a little bit about forming it and like what you want to do? Your mission statement, if you will. Yeah. I don't know if you had to make I don't know. I always yeah. do that for like classes whenever I was like starting something. It's like, what's your mission statement? I'm like, I want to fucking do something. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So um a couple of things. So I've been like so I've been in Chicago since like 2015. I like moved here originally from North Carolina. And um, as soon as I got here, like I knew I wanted to dance. I knew I wanted to choreograph. And um, it started off with me just submitting things, doing festivals, doing works in other people's shows, like just trying to like get work out there. And it was really frustrating and really um, not satisfying, like I guess from like a music point of view, you can imagine like going to a festival, playing one song and then you just like leave mm. and like no one knows who you are and no one really cares. And yeah. that's like it. So I was really frustrated with that, like setup. So um, I was like, I'm just gonna like make my own company, put a name on it, give it a little more like clout, so to speak. And um yeah, we just like came up with the name, people who were already dancing for me in that like festival format. They uh, joined, I like wrote a contract and they signed it and <laughs> I made a website. We took some pictures um, and then I was like, yeah, like I'm just going to do my own show. So we should promote your show too. Yeah. At the top of the episode. So okay. if you want to talk about your upcoming dates. Yeah. So we have What's your tour look like. <laughs> Uh, brief. So uh, we have a show coming up at Hamlin Theater. Um, it is March 21st and March 22nd, a Thursday and Friday. Mm -hmm. The show's at 7.30. And you can uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And there's a ticket link. And you can check us out. Yep. And we'll have links, of course, in the description of the episode. As per Hiyush. <laughs> cool cool yeah. cool um so what does it take to i mean i i know what it takes to start a podcast i know what it takes to start a band i know it's just kind of like in my experience you get together with friends and you just as long as you have the equipment and as long as you have like an email address you can just sort of like get stuff rolling it's kind of just creating your online your online persona your online thing and then just like you start just performing it out but obviously you're doing two shows and I know you've been working on this for a long time for yeah. a while. So like, what does it take to really like book something to put something together, to put it on for people? How do you like, yeah. Like what, what does it look like to, to build something around what you're creating? Yeah. So I think like a big thing for dance, which I think is like separate from like other art forms mm. is the space required for it like you know obviously like visual artists or whatever have like galleries or mm. you know if people do like big scale work or you have like places you can rehearse but like i for dance it's like you have to have the space mm -hmm. like we literally i mean sometimes we do rehearse like in my living room <laughs> <laughs> when it's like necessary but like to genuinely do like a group piece like you have to have space mm -hmm. so like booking space booking rehearsals and like having to pay for that is like 
the worst part but like also so necessary and like dance in general like the business of it is just kind of bad because it's like very time consuming and very expensive to build something Mm -hmm. and then like in chicago like you can do the show if you're like a small company you can do the show like twice Mm -hmm. and then it's like okay we've seen that (laughs) and you're like cool cool yeah great (laughs) this just took like six months of my life but it's like yeah i remember like doing like theater in high school and it was like oh we're working like every day after school and we do the show three times right and it's like all that work went into three performances of this and like i went you were like oh we're doing these two shows in march i'm like only two shows you're working for like months like how are you (laughs) 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 but also like in the context of theater like imagine that you like also had to write the show yeah true because it's not that's like one reason i feel like plays can like pop up quicker is Mm -hmm. like it's already it already exists and people are like i just want to put my own spin on it versus like coming (laughs) up with like a dance show that you're doing from scratch yeah true um but also i mean we have been working on this for months but we rehearse two hours a week Okay. So like I did the math on it and, you know, we've been, you know, working on this for months, but with like, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving and the polar vortex and like other (laughs) things that have come up, like, I think we've done a total of like a little bit over like 48 hours of rehearsal. So like, not to be like, we could have done this show in a weekend, (laughs) (laughs) but like, I mean, that's the number of hours I was able to like afford slash Mm. what my dancers could give and so we're like just kind of doing it yeah so shit thinking of it that way you're like yeah we haven't really had that much time yeah do it which is like comforting but also like kind of disturbing yeah um but yeah i mean like in a dance situation where people have like at least one job sometimes two sometimes three people have other rehearsals like my dancers are busy and their time is valuable and Mm -hmm. you know it is what it is putting people in a room is always the hardest part of doing anything yeah for sure And just getting bodies to show up where you need them when you need them uh and you choreograph the entire thing yeah so i'm a narcissist (laughs) um and a control freak two for one special Um, to be fair those work well together thank you (laughs) (laughs) i think so too um so i like choreograph the whole thing there's some um spoken elements uh some monologues i'm also uh in the show and i also like run our social media (laughs) and like have done all the like booking and i do all the like money stuff You do like the video stuff too yeah i do like you put out a few videos of and and i don't know from my experience of knowing what you're putting in the show but the videos that you've done are those also being performed for the show um so i don't think i don't think any of the full videos i've posted are going to be in the show i'm trying to think of like what we've actually put out there um those are like separate projects that have like popped up like separate things um there are pieces in the show that have been performed previously i think there's like three pieces Mm -hmm. that have been performed previously but um yeah gotcha the videos are good i've uh i've shared at least one of your videos. I'm yeah, pretty sure. I think you shared um, my like solo video. I really liked it. It was just really <laughs> cool. I'll put a link to your YouTube in the the thing too, because cool, yeah. your YouTube is a very good place. 
Um, also, like, comment, subscribe. But I uh, smash that like button. Smash that fucking like button. <laughs> Destroy it. Murder the like button. I, 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 I like your videos, and it's, you know, the idea that you are both creating the art, you're filming the art, you're putting it all together yourself. You've put up what is essentially a set in your living room to create <laughs> a, a video. Yeah. <laughs> like just to create like these, these videos to put it out to like promote yourself and have some content out there. Yeah. Um, running social media. It's like, you're literally the, <laughs> the person running your entire shit. Right. And I was like, Oh, that looks familiar. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I was literally just thinking that like, I mean, same thing we're doing here. Like we're just like set up in your living room yeah. and like, to be fair, I now have it all HD. So if you're watching this on YouTube, it looks real nice. I got Ooh. a blue light because we're, you know, branded. <laughs> on brand. Or on brand. I have a blue light we now. We should have done a pink light because that's like my branding. I can change it. <laughs> <laughs> I can switch it, it up. the switch up. <laughs> all right. You have to go to YouTube and watch the video if you want to see the light turn pink. Hold on. Where's the app? <laughs> Exclusive lighting content. Yeah. Nice. All right. Now we're on brand. Is it lit? Anyway. So yeah, the 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 DIY aspect. I mean, we interviewed um Mo, the graphic designer from Raya Fest. Mm. We've interviewed um this uh James Shotwell who runs his own music blog. Um a couple of people from uh behind Beyond the Music. Sorry, I'm like, <laughs> oh right, what is the name of it? <laughs> um yeah be, beyond the music and everybody's like coming from this place of working in the music industry and developing the project themselves and i'm like it's it, it's surprising how familiar like any artistic endeavor is yeah and also like how painstaking it is yeah and also how little the rewards are for it oh yeah it's like, like everything awful yeah it's like actually the worst <laughs> like whoever was like yeah like you should follow your dreams i'm like fuck you, i'm dreams. like you never had a dream like yeah. you don't know what that's oh actually about kids fuck you fuck your dreams <laughs> fuck your dreams no fucking fucking get off your dreams go to college finish it go into business i'm fucking serious this sounds like a joke but i'm fucking serious <laughs> your dream should just be normal your dream should be to have a salary just mm -hmm. kidding follow your dreams follow your dreams <laughs> and hope that they come with health health insurance oh my god they don't <laughs> cool um, don't get sick yeah <laughs> or get a real job but i think like it's crazy because like yeah you are kind of expected to be able to do everything mm -hmm. and you kind of have to but one thing i love about it is like the technology like available like you kind of can yeah like it's kind of wild like when people are like oh like who does your videos and i'm like me and my <laughs> iphone 10 sponsored <laughs> just sponsored. kidding um but like yeah so like it's kind of cool that like those resources are available mm -hmm. but it also sucks because like you know i put I'm sure you can relate. I like put these videos up for free. Mm -hmm. No one's paying me. No one's like, yep. So it's kind of just there. I mean, so this is something that we were talking about a little bit before we got into uh, the recording. So you missed out, but <laughs> <laughs> um, YouTube is just such a weird space because mm -hmm. I think that, you know, a lot of people started using it just as kind of a video dump like yeah. just put videos up there mm -hmm. and then like share them. So it's like, Oh, this is where I put it. So that somebody can watch a video. Right. But over time, 
YouTube realized what they had on their hands, which was a the second largest search engine in the world. Right. And B, a social network, Mm -hmm. because as long as there's comments, as long as you can have a profile, as long as you have these options there and you're talking to your followers, you essentially are building up what accounts as a social network. Right. And now that like Facebook as video, you can add videos to Twitter, Instagram, uh, IGTV and stories and all that. It's like, oh, yeah, YouTube isn't just a place where like you're supposed to put your videos. It's a place of like building up your own content to promote yourself in the same way anything else is. Right. And I think a lot of people think that what you're supposed to do is try to get a viral clip. Right. And that will propel you and it'll get you somewhere. But false. It doesn't. <laughs> like it's it's so weird. And 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 okay, so I follow this. <laughs> Sarah, I'm sorry. I follow this stripper on <laughs> Instagram. Yeah. Um, because she uh what she had a viral clip of eating pizza. Like she wasn't, she's fully clothed in the, in the clip. Oh my God, she literally same. walks out onto the stage eating pizza and then just like sits down and just eats pizza and people oh, are I've seen that. throwing I've seen that. dollars on her. Yeah. Um, so I found out that she like now has her, that video on America's funniest home videos, like late night edition. Like, I didn't know there was such a yeah, thing. No, Bob Saget like is hosting like basically a more adult version of uh of america's funniest home videos and he was talking about this video on jimmy kimmel uh-huh and i'm like that actually kind of turned this viral clip into something right the clip even got taken down like it it was like twitter didn't want to have it up like somebody reported it and yeah. so they were like oh we're taking it down like it's it's controversial enough right um but like she actually was trying to turn it into something. She, of course, is in Hollywood. So I feel like there's maybe more opportunity than there is in Chicago. <laughs> um, funny story, though. She's from the suburbs. Like she's from Schaumburg. Oh, like, well. oh good for you. <laughs> hometown um, hero. Hometown hero. Pizza stripper. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I do think that it is it's rare when you can take a viral clip and turn it into something that profitable. you can monetize profitable yeah. that like keeps you in the media keeps your attention, like keep people attention on it. Like it's so rare that that actually happens. And I think that you need to build a community around your content rather than hope that one thing you do gets picked up and becomes this, this thing thing for you. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of people who are like pizza stripper. I haven't heard of this and stop, (laughs) stop, stop. Don't search for it. SFW. But, uh, like you're not going to be pizza stripper. (laughs) It's a weird sentence. Follow your dreams, kids. That's, that, that's the episode title. <laughs> you're, you're, no, not gonna you're never be... going to be pizza stripper. <laughs> um, no, I mean, but like I, you know, there's like a, I won't say it's a viral clip by any yeah. means, but like there's like a semi-successful, we were talking about it earlier before yeah. we were recording, like video of me, um, you know, like what I say, like 17,000 yeah. uh, views and like who cares? (laughs) But that's actually not true because the person who posted that video, um, actually ended up, uh, hiring me to like work. Yeah. And so like, I like actually work for that person now. So like, I I shouldn't like, yeah, like it can be something. Yeah. I think if you just consider it the same as like making a post on Facebook, like utilize YouTube and utilize how like the search works because people go to YouTube and they search for stuff, especially like, I mean, as, a band if we did a cover song of a 
of a bigger act and right. like people were searching for that song and they find a cover version of it and we do a good one like mm-hmm. well produced like people might you know like it and they yeah. might uh, share it and they might get more people to watch it yeah so there's a little bit of that too of just like taking advantage of how it works yeah and then continuing to put out quality content i will say though like social media as far as and this might also be an issue for like cover bands but like for dance social media is kind of like after us like if you post something and you don't have the rights to it i mean we get our stuff snatched down all the time even though it's something that like you know i did for free i'm not making money off of it i don't like directly profit off of it in any way like your stuff gets yanked down so like it's also kind of an issue as far as like being able to share dance do you want to get really deep into copyright law in this episode um i mean we can can we that sounds like where we this naturally leads it's like let's talk about your art and also copyright law (laughs) yeah and like copywriting dance because that's kind of a big thing that's come up recently fucking Fortnite shit (laughs) yeah Fortnite, and then also um that country singer who have did you hear about that i didn't that? hear about this one no so i don't actually know who the singer is but it's a country singer and her backup dancers um obviously the singer did not choreograph it but um these like two really famous choreographers did this like dance and completely ripped it off mm. from um a very famous uh dance by Bathsheba, which is a very famous dance company mm-hmm. they i've actually seen that piece performed live by hubbard street mm-hmm. uh here in chicago and it's uh yeah i mean they just like completely ripped it off like yeah. when you look at the clip side by side it's just literally yeah. stolen shit but how do but how do you copyright dance? And that's like that was the same thing with the Fortnite thing is like right. how do you copyright movement? And mm-hmm. um, I I watched a YouTube video actually that kind of went into where the law, like how the law o- oversees that, like yeah. how it can actually uh, say yes, this is copyrightable. And yeah. that was where the argument was about like the Carlton dance, mm. and um, they basically said that the Carlton dance would probably not stand up. Mm-hmm. in a court of law and also he basically said i stole it in a clip yeah. on television and it's like ha, stop suing um but there's another dance in there from scrubs uh i don't remember what they call it but donald Faison, turk on scrubs yeah such a good fucking show uh he court he made that he he created the dance right and it's not like it's like has to be over a certain level of complicated steps like it can't be like super simple and like you couldn't just replicate it like that like you'd have to be able to 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 really learn it or something like that and so they said that his actually would stand up in a court of law if like he sued yeah and i don't think he ever did and i think a lot of people have dropped their suits but um yeah it's just it's it's the level of of complication in the the performance of it so but also i mean i that i under stand but from like a dance point of view a choreographer point of view like just because something's complicated doesn't mean it's what am i trying to say like you can come up with something that's very very simple but it's Mm -hmm. like an original idea yeah so like if i do a 45 minute piece where i like just like walk in a square yeah like performance art or whatever you want to call it like that's very simple easily like recreated and someone else like steals it and profits from it, like they've still taken my idea. 
So I think with dance, like it's hard because something that like a common person would con- a commoner <laughs> would a peasant con- a peasant would mm. consider mm. Um, simple is not always necessarily so. Like if yeah, you know, say, but like the same thing of like a poem that's just like three words, but you steal it. Like yeah. it's it's tricky. You know? I, really, copyright isn't it's not a science there's nothing right. behind it that says this is copyrightable i think that they're working a lot harder in the music and film yeah. industries and putting up content you know re, re taking someone's content and reposting it somewhere else putting right. up a full movie on youtube for example right. like you know should that be taken down probably but also like you know we start getting into like a lot of areas where it's like where do we say that this yeah where does this need to be copyrighted Mm -hmm. and where should there be some stuff within fair use and i think that you know music has a lot of opportunity there to be used more within fair use where somebody's not necessarily profiting on it right but um they're at least like like i think that most musicians especially like smaller musicians artists that aren't as well known would appreciate somebody else using their arts and it would inevitably become more of a boost for their right. music. Um, and we can talk a bit about like some of the music that you use yeah. too, and like your inspiration there. Um, but I would think that a lot of artists would want that. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't see a lot of um, dancers dancing to really popular songs unless it's like hip hop or pop or, or that sort see, of performance. And I, I feel like part of that is because it gets taken down. Okay. I like, I personally like really enjoy like, popular i mean a time and place for everything you Mm. know but like i enjoy popular music i like in classes and stuff we'll do combos or whatever and like i mean i would say in the past year as in like just 2019 like the past three months Mm. i've probably tried to post like five or six things that have been taken down wow either of my own or like someone else that like i'm in or you know anything like that like or any i mean and some people just post their stuff without music on it yeah which seems which kind of just sucks go to this website and play this song and start (laughs) them both simultaneously we're like it's an interactive experience (laughs) it's a untakedownable offense (laughs) so yeah yeah. i don't know i don't know what there's not much there that you can really do and i i think it just sucks to be able to like like you kind of need that in order yeah. to like promote your art in a way, right. like it's without the new having, business card. yeah, without having that way of posting what you do on social media right. uh, or having it somewhere. I mean, uh, I know when we did like the, the, I'm not okay yeah. music video and we like Which recreated great, that by the way, you should sure, check it out. Great. <laughs> yeah. Go, go check it out now. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just look at all of our couple stuff. years later. Go check it out now. That's super useful for me personally. <laughs> Um, we had to put it on Vimeo because oh. YouTube basically said you're uploading this music video, and I was like, "Oh my god, thank you!" You catfished YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god, <laughs> like I appreciate you, thank you. Um, but then I mean, we did our own cover of it, like it was a recording that we did all right. of our own uh performance for it. But yeah, we posted it on Vimeo though, and we had no problem. Yeah, and I'm like, "What's Vimeo doing?" Is Vimeo yeah. just like <laughs> we're like, not whatever. as big, so fuck it. <laughs> true also i'm not trying to call vimeo out on their shit if you work for vimeo first of all hit me up second of all <laughs> uh keep doing what you're doing you're fighting yeah. a good fight against copyright yeah <laughs> you're fighting you're a good, good fight, fight against, against all these rich musicians <laughs> like my chemical romance <laughs> yeah and i think it's just like art is entering like a new digital age and like mm-hmm. the law will have to catch up 
one day, uh, yeah. you know, with the fact that, uh, you know, industries that used to make a ton of money because they had a monopoly over the distribution of it. Right. Now that we've moved into the digital age and people are going to get it. I mean, Napster did destroy the music industry because oh, yeah, they were like, we can't figure out how to combat this. It turns out people don't want to spend money on something that they don't have to. Yeah. And then the the culture just decided music is free. Right. But musicians can still put out their art. It's just that the whole world around that doesn't make sense anymore. The yeah. idea that you're going on tour and making money from playing shows without any benefit, without any like safety net. And then you come home and you're like, I either have to get a part-time job or, or something yeah. in order to make ends meet between going out on tour where I'm still not making that much money. Right. <laughs> you know, like there's, there's always going to be a struggle because we haven't learned how to pay artists or how to change the music industry to, I don't know, to, 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 work within the the sphere of what happened right people said we need to figure out how to make this new thing work the same as the old thing right it's like you 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 don't yeah because we're gonna get music for free right and if somebody says we're gonna charge this much somebody's like oh, i don't want to spend money on that i can only get it if i spend money on that i'm gonna go get over here for free from right. this other artist because i like their music and i'll just not pay anything for it yeah i mean that's literally like just like dance period mm -hmm. Like, there are so many, like, reputable, successful companies that, like, do not pay their dancers. Mm -hmm. And not, like, oh, like, they were supposed to and they – I mean, that happens, too. Like, oh, they were supposed to and they just didn't. But, I mean, like, I mean, dancers literally, like, enter into these contracts, like, knowing that they will not be paid. Wow. Oh, yeah. But it's like you just have to do it because you need, like – well, I mean, the exposure just, or the experience or it's it's everything it's like the exposure the experience like this might be a stepping stone to something else this might be as good as it's gonna get for <laughs> me like i mean i think a lot of art too uh kind of preys on like artist insecurity yeah like oh i need to agree to these conditions because that this might be it for me yeah. like this if I, I don't do it they'll find somebody else who exactly will. and i mean they will. Yeah. That's what's so crazy about it is I think that like we as dancers, as a community, like we have to raise our standards yeah. for, for ourselves and then also what we will accept. And like it just the the business model of dance is really bad. Yeah. And has been for a long time. Why? Why do you think that is? <laughs> I think because uh, kind of what I was talking about before, dance is just really expensive up front. Mm -hmm. uh, the space, the time, the costumes, the everything. I mean, yeah. to do a show. And also, like, people just don't like dance that much. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's they don't like it or they just don't understand it. I think that, like, so there's kind of, like, two extremes, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's, like, oh, like, I'm going to go see this whatever thing for, like, 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. And then there's this like, oh, I'm going to go pay like $300 to go see Hamilton. Yeah. And dance has like fallen into this weird middle category where it's not something you just like do on a whim out with your friends when you're grabbing a beer. Mm -hmm. But unless you're going to see Hamilton or like one of these like huge companies where the tickets are like 
hundreds of dollars then like people aren't interested yeah so we've like kind of fallen through the cracks that we're like not like a social comfortable thing Mm -hmm. but it's not always necessarily like a high art like opera sort of thing yeah (laughs) so i think people just don't know what to do with it do you think that and obviously i don't know right just sort of spitballing here but do you think that like maybe over time uh you know like schools stop teaching us as much like art appreciation and that like you know pop culture is much easier to consume because it it somehow affects everybody much uh, much simpler like it's much easier to just like get on the first take like you can you can listen to a song and you know like the feeling of the song like it just elicits the right emotion in you because it's just it affects everybody that way it's simple enough but you know in watching your performances it's like i i don't have a lot of like experience with dance at all right i did take a couple classes but it was very (laughs) simple and i was check those out (laughs) oh my god no i think there probably is a recording somewhere i would be really disappointed if that ever saw the light of day again (laughs) clickbait clickbait Number two will shock you. I. It's just you eating pizza. <laughs> Fuck. You'll never be pizza stripper. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like I don't know necessarily everything I'm watching. I can right. I can comprehend it from an emotional standpoint. Mm-hmm. I can comprehend it from a you know I can watch your faces. I can watch your movements, and I can kind of gather it. But I wonder sometimes if like people are not sure because Mm -hmm. they just uh, like me don't have the experience and so they think i don't want to challenge myself with something new i don't want to challenge myself to to see something that i'm not going to get right away right i'm just going to go see a concert where i know the music or i'm going to go see like a play or a a musical where it's going to tell me the story from beginning to end and i'm going to enjoy it and everybody says they love it and like all this stuff um I don't know if, if if you get that sort of sense from people. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely like just an underappreciation of art, just mm-hmm. like period, yeah. like in schools and whatever, like um, there's just kind of. And I also think like when you don't have a context for something, it's a lot harder to be impressed by it. Yeah. Like if you've ever tried to like draw a realistic face, <laughs> you're like instantly so much more impressed by like yeah. someone who actually can oh, yeah. do that because you realize how difficult it is. Yeah. Um, so I think if like more people took dance classes, they mm-hmm. would be a lot more impressed by like what professional dancers can do. And like, do you think more like, I don't want to ever say that like something like hip hop or pop dancing mm-hmm. is not artistic. Cause right. I think it, you know, time and place for everything. Yeah. But do you think if people were taking more like difficult artistic things, like, d- I don't know how to word it. It's not like an easy thing for me to. I don't think it's that. I think it's just like some art some dance is just more accessible like Mm -hmm. if you're seeing dance to like a hip-hop dance or something to a song you already really like like you're already halfway there like you already have something you know there's something relatable and like you know they're just like with music like there's like pop artists there are things that are really like um accessible and really like you know popular (laughs) (laughs) and then there are things that are like more experimental like avant-garde like whatever Mm. you want to call it so i think it's just what people like and then also i think sometimes as artists like 
not that we should ever be like pandering or we should ever like you know sacrifice good art but like at the end of the day like you have to ask yourself like why am i really doing this Mm -hmm. like who is this really for is this for like my own personal research my own personal fulfillment or is this like my business and and am i like attracting clients Mm -hmm. And I, that's kind of like looked down on, I think, in like the dance community a little bit. Like, oh, like, are you making like concert work? Or are you making commercial work? Yeah. And I'm like, I would really like to sell some tickets, please. <laughs> Without having to feel like I have to just do a lineup of like top 40 hits. Yeah, exactly. You know, just because I'm not choreographing for a cruise ship, like, does that mean that I can't be entertaining? Yeah. And I think that's kind of like where I'm coming from as like a company director and a choreographer is like, yeah, like I, I want to like bridge that gap, Mm. which is like, seems like an impossible undertaking, (laughs) but I'm like, this is my life's work. Um, (laughs) Like, yeah, I want those things to feel more accessible Mm. and to still be entertaining if we can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I do, I am entertained by it. Yeah. I'm trying to learn more of it. Yeah. As my own, you know, thing for and like for you, y'all. But. You also find your own thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how many dance shows have you seen in your life? Uh good question. Honestly, more in the past couple of years than right. ever. Right. But like before. just like ballpark, like I mean guesstimate. Fucking five, probably. Yeah. So like imagine I had listened to like five albums in my whole life (laughs) i'd be like i don't know about this music thing but it's like you haven't found you haven't even had a chance to like define your taste which is one thing i love about people who are like learning about dance for the first time and like really watching it as adults is like watching them like figure out what they like and what Mm -hmm. they don't like and like just because something is art doesn't mean you have to like it yeah like you're finding your your taste Mm -hmm. you know like I'm sure when you watch my show, you're going to be like, I really liked that piece and that one I could have done without. And like, that's <laughs> totally fine with me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'll go to more. Everyone should go to more stuff. I think go to that's more stuff. Um, let's talk about music. Okay. So what is, cause obviously, I mean, it's dance. So music is probably one of the biggest things about it. Yeah. Um, I know you uh, have, a big thing for my chemical romance and panic of the disco because you have fucking done the Helena dance in front of me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so like what, what kind of music like is inspiring you for like creating for creating of uh, choreography or like, you know, for the show, for your own yeah like life, what are you listening to that like gets you in that sort of like zone for it? I don't know. Yeah. So, For me, it, like, depends on what I'm working on at the time, but just kind of as a general thing. So I wanted to be a choreographer since I was, like, before I even knew what a choreographer was. (laughs) Like, I was, like, my mom, like, loves to tell this story where I, like, (laughs) looked at her one day and I was, like, Mom, when I hear music, I see dances. Like, that's, like, (laughs) one of her favorite stories to tell. And, like, because, yeah, it's just, like, cute and whatever. But so for me, like, I could seriously like 
<laughs> choreographed to anything. Like mm -hmm. I just like anytime I hear music, I'm like, oh, ba da ba ba. Like, what if they were like wearing this and their hair was like that? And oh, this would be like da 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 da. So like my brain's kind of always like clicking on that. Yeah. But also since I've been involved with dance for so long and like I've been interested in choreography for so long, like there are songs. Yeah, this past year, like I literally choreographed a dance to a song that like I had danced to when I was like eight wow and it's like my brain just like remembered that song and was yeah. like oh my god i love this song like i'm gonna choreograph eight-year-old me i'm gonna choreograph to the song one day and then like as an adult now that i have eight-year-old students that yeah. i like teach like i was able to make that happen so with the like my chemical romance and like the panic at the disco like that's like my middle school high school self being like man this would be such a cool dance and then like now i like can do that yeah. and that's like really cool and really exciting <laughs> um do you think and i i've noticed a lot of dance you know uh sarah will always tell me like oh we i see a lot of billy eilish i see a lot yeah. of um uh what are some other some other like artists like that that's more it used like to be like mumford and songs yeah okay. they used to be huge i mean so it, it feels like <laughs> it's always more on that sort of like sad end of things like yeah sad music that is like I don't, I don't know. It's just sad. That's the only thing I can really think of because well, it's like, yeah, it's always just, it feels, it feels melodramatic, mm. but it's not melodramatic. It's right. like, it's just, that is the emotion that passively sad. Yeah. Like yeah. the emotion we want you to feel is sad. Yes. And that's, yeah. that's what it is. Well, I think it's kind of like the same thing with like, you know, hip hop music. You, if you already like, or hip hop, like dancing, if you already mm. like the song, you're halfway there. Yeah. If the song already makes you sad, like we're halfway there. Yeah. I personally like do not. <laughs> usually choreograph to like see i don't want to say like serious yeah. music because that <laughs> sounds terrible but like i just have always been more inclined to like comedy as a mm. way of like coping with life <laughs> um <laughs> our feelings so like for me a lot of times like i'll be dealing with like really serious things in like a very like quirky unsettling way mm. Um, not that I'm not, you know, I could go for a good <laughs> angsty dance, yeah. but I also kind of like, I don't know, just like things being a little weird, a little quirky, like, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. I think that it's, I mean, I think it's easy to go that route. I, I totally agree with you. It's just like, people will know how to feel from something. If it's yeah. hip hop, if it's pop dancing, if it's sad music, it's like, right. well, I got you there. So I don't yeah. really have to. I don't have to do as much heavy lifting, I guess. Right. Um, comedy, I think, also works, though, in that way where people are like people appreciate the comedy of it. Right. Um, like you can go into it and be like, oh, my God, that was like refreshing. That was interesting. That was different than what I was expecting. Right. Or, um, yeah, just like it. I agree with you that comedy helps coping. That's why I laugh a lot. Um yeah, no, that's cool. I, uh, I, I would, I would think that a lot of artists would just go for like the, the more moody stuff because it would be, I don't know. It's either like, you got to go fast or you got to go slow. Yeah. Either Sonic the Hedgehog or the opposite of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, <laughs> please comment, please comment below with the opposite of Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, yeah. <laughs> but also like, I mean, it depends on what you're seeing too. Like if you're just seeing like, because sometimes it's just a combo. Sometimes it's just like 45 seconds. We just want to be in our feels. Mm -hmm. Throw on some Billie, Billie Eilish. Like, let's do it. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. What are you, what are you expecting from the show? Uh, I mean, I've watched a lot of your videos. Yeah. Um, a lot of the older ones that you did, like, uh, I don't even know. Is that probably like when you first moved here? Right. Or like stuff from college. No, even. Some of it's like stuff from college. Yeah. Like, um, it's old. So that but stuff is there's rough. a lot of like funny stuff in there. So like, <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Like you're, yeah, you, your, your sense of humor definitely works in a way that I, I just, you know, the shows that I've been to otherwise, I just haven't seen that sort of a, a sense from it. Right. Um, of, of like, let's do something that people aren't doing in this case, comedy, uh, yeah. makes a lot of sense to me. Cause I love seeing what everybody's doing and then going, yeah, I'm not going to do fucking any of that. Like I'm going to do the exact opposite. If everybody's going to be sad. All right, cool. Let's do like a really funny, goofy, fast paced, like get yeah. people feeling like really like, whoa, what, what yeah. are we watching? So now I guess I'm expecting more like kind of a range from, yeah. from everything. Like, uh, you know, more like, I would think it'd be more like a concert in a way where like, you're going to split up, like kind of take, I always say like, you gotta take them on a journey. Yeah. Or if you ever oh, watched we're going um, on a journey. Uh, Parks and Rec, there's a scene, I think it's like Ben where he's like, you're like, when you DJ, you have to like guide the room <laughs> and you're like, I forget, he calls it like a word. And then like, of course, like Tom Harrifer is just like, oh my God, like you're such a dork. Um, oh, but, and they're doing like the prom. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, but that really is kind of the thing is yeah. like, you are there. Oh, he's like a mood curator or something like that. That's like the mood. And I'm like, it's kind of true. Like yeah. I've honestly said that at like some DJ sets where I'm like, if I'm working for like three hours, I need to decide where I want like the room to go. Right. If I'm working for an hour or 45 minutes, I'm like, where do I want this to go in 45 minutes? When is my set? Am I right. playing first? Cause then I'm not going to just play banger after banger after right. banger surprise bangers or I'm going to play like <laughs> late. I'm going to play like just fucking the hits. Yeah. So I think that like, you just have to make that show like how you want it to look as a bigger picture thing. Yeah. And obviously take them through the the journey of like where you want them to go. Do you yeah. want them to start off and like have this idea that everything's going to be sad? You don't really ever start off with a sad thing. You start yeah. off with like, Hey, Hey, we're all having a good time. Welcome to the show. But also, <laughs> Don't forget that I, life out there is hard. Yeah, I feel like my whole like aesthetic as like a person and like an artist or whatever is like, but also <laughs> it's like, ha ha ha, but. <laughs> well, you know, we've had a lot of fun here today, but, but. don't forget <laughs> that uh, human trafficking, like fuck, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> this yeah. is the weirdest threes companies episode <laughs> I've ever watched. <laughs> Uh, oh, I would watch that show. <laughs> it's like do 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 do. <laughs> do where are the the other girl? <laughs> uh, and where did she go? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just uh, to be a little quirky like that is is probably better for an audience to to enjoy the whole thing. So I think that now I'm so. going to be expecting some real cool from it. Quirky is the word. So imp impress me when I'm there. Well. <laughs> all right i mean it's been like months in the works yeah. and we have one more week so if it doesn't yeah. impress you yet i don't know what to do <laughs> i'm sure i'll be seeing it quite a bit yeah probably on both nights so if you're there say hi to us say hi to us yeah we're also doing a q a after my show so oh, if nice. you saw this and you're like oh my gosh or listened and you're like oh my gosh i have so many questions for her literally so many questions literally so many questions you can come ask me in person <laughs>
working on music. Uh, me and Jordan are working on yes music. Mm-hmm. And I think we're aiming towards like sad stuff. <laughs> I think comedy is a good way to go, but sad. <laughs> I don't know. So comedy emo. But comedy in music is weird. And I don't think that if you make music that has that sort of like comedic edge to it, or mm-hmm. like there's a sense of irony to your music, I don't think that it plays well. Yeah. I don't think like I've written songs that when I wrote them, this was like an ironic song. Like it was supposed to be funny. Alanis Morissette. It's like rain on your wedding day. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I, I've, I've always found that people aren't as receptive to your lyrics. Like they take them very seriously. I've actually like been laughing about this a bit because uh, there's the song Alive of the Glory Love by Say Anything. And Mm -hmm. Max Bemis is a, I mean, he's like manic at times. Like he suffered from bipolar disease and it's like, hey, I'm just going to talk about whatever right now. And some of it's funny and some of it's serious and some of it's like real stories and some of it's made up. Yeah. And uh, he... I mean, he starts the song off with like, I want to do you right where you're standing. But the song is about the Holocaust. Cool, cool. And you're like, (laughs) okay, how am I supposed to say that a song alive with the glory of love that like feels like really upbeat and it's like poppy and it sort of has this like bounce to it. And then you're like, hey, hey, but the Holocaust. And you're like, how do I combine these thoughts? Yeah. And like, I think most people are just like base level. Oh, it's a it's a it's a fun romantic song. Yeah, alive with the glory love sounds romantic to me. Uh, it's a little funny with the way that it's like uh, I want to do you right where you're standing, and and I think people miss like the real message behind it because yeah. they just see like the base level of it. And so I, I've found that like comedy in music, you either have to go like the straight tenacious D <laughs> format, yeah. or you have to go like no one's going to get it. So I'm just writing whatever I'm writing. And if it's funny for me, it may not be funny for them. So I I, I don't know. I've had a harder time really kind of expressing comedy through Through music, like through original music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you can perform songs that are like real goofy and dorky and like, Oh my God, I can't believe that. Like we're singing along to this now. Like, you know, after time you're like, Oh shit. Like this is really funny now. Like dancing the Metro station at a, at a bar is like, Oh my God. Like I love this song, but Oh my God, this is so fucking nerdy. We're doing right now. (laughs) I can't believe we're doing this. Uh, so I don't know that, that to me is more where the comedy comes from. I think when you're writing, it's, you know, a lot of artists are feeling much more visceral with how they're, reacting to their life and so they want to deal with it in a very visceral easy reaction which is i'm angry i'm sad i'm gonna write about that yeah um so i don't know i i would love it to be funny but i'm like that's really yeah not necessarily my where i get people to listen to me well okay but also that because a lot of artists they're like man i hate how like they got after like the drugs or after yeah. like they got happy or, or all this shit like <laughs> after they started doing scientology yeah like where where is all the 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 edge where's all the sadness and it's but like i think like i kind of have a saying that like if you're this, this doesn't sound like a complete saying hold on <laughs> <laughs> I have a saying. 
I was saying, but like art isn't therapy. Mm. If, if it is your, if art is your job, it can't also be your therapy. Yes, it mm. can be therapeutic and it can be healing and like you can deal with things from your real life. But if your art is genuinely only based on like, I am sad, I will make sad things. I am happy. I will make happy things. Then like, yeah what do you do like if i you know the show i'm making like if it was about like a breakup yeah then like, <laughs> <laughs> then, please then watch like, the youtube video for the facial reactions <laughs> like if i do about a breakup then like what do i do if halfway through the process i like get a new boyfriend yeah what happens to the show then like yeah. what if all you write about is your ex-girlfriends and then you're like shit i'm happily married now yeah and i'm not in high school anymore <laughs> right and like not saying that's not valid like i've definitely made pieces to like cope or deal with or whatever yeah. but yeah i mean yeah what do you do once you're happy or oh, if i don't know like honestly like that's kind of where i'm at right now is like i'm writing to more like i would say that what we have right now sounds very like post malone khalid mm, style yeah and both of them write like it's more r&b lyrics right. where it's it's not really something i would write about but i'm also like i uh, used to write about like being sad or like yeah um having just shitty experiences in in life with yeah. with dating other people or, or relationships or trying to have a relationship or or just bad people and i'm like well fuck like i don't i'm not i don't have that anymore right how do i how do i write this and i'm like where where am i going to find new inspiration or what do i want to write about what is the story that i want to tell with this yeah and it's like fuck i don't know <laughs> like i'm like honestly like at like a at, a at a wall where i'm like i don't know how to write happy <laughs> yeah I'm generally happy. Thanks for listening to the Emo Social Club podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I do stuff that's really quirky, but I wouldn't say that I choreograph happy. Yeah. But hmm. I I consider myself, like, a happy person. Yeah. But, like, my brain's not necessarily <laughs> the happiest brain. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I like what you said about therapy because, like, if I went to work every day and I made Excel sheets to make myself feel better, which, by the way, I kind of sometimes do. Excel <laughs> spreadsheets. Like, like, relatable. Oh, my God. I figured out a conditional. It's fine. A conditional formatting thing that I was almost going to make. It's fine. It's fine. Guys, it's fine. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't be able to just, like, sit at my desk and go, I'm really sad right now. Pop open Excel. Yeah. Fucking throw up some formulas. Build a table. Right. Get a, get a you know, dashboard going. Put in some macros. Yeah. The entire audience has stopped listening. <laughs> Forward 30 like, seconds. Holy shit. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I could keep that up and right. like where an audience would want to stick with you. I also think that bands and, and artists like in the music, especially like you build too much around what this artist is and expect it to stay the same, but also oh, yeah. evolve and change. And I don't think that anybody should be playing in a one band for as long as they usually do. Yeah. Um, I don't think that bands should have to record more than a certain amount of albums if they don't want to. Right. I think that everybody should be able to do whatever they want to do in the music industry, which isn't how it works because right. contracts and shit. Um, so I think that the, the way that 
the music industry works doesn't really benefit an artist who can't feel the same way or right. tries to keep them you know artist pain is 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 not really a safe thing for a lot of people in the music mm-hmm. industry i don't think that uh we would have lost mac miller for example if right. it weren't for the fact that like he had people around him that were like well we kind of want to keep making money yeah. and so we kind of just have to tell him yes or or not be somebody to say no you should stop doing drugs you should go to rehab or, right. or whatever it is you know it, it's like to keep them in the same place over and over again is not safe for people who are generally unhealthy right. mentally maybe when they get into it. Right. And maybe used it as a way to like cope. Yeah. And then now you're not, you're like not allowed to come out of the other end. And I know like, I mean, obviously you're doing this show as like, it's two performances and yeah. it's a lot of stuff that hasn't been seen before, but and correct me if I'm wrong, but like if you were asked to like perform a piece somewhere else you could potentially be doing these performances these pieces again for you know unnecessarily like a limited amount of time like you could be doing this for like two years from now if you wanted to and i think the idea that like if you wrote a piece that was like about a breakup two years from now it might mean something completely different to you than when when you created it and now you have to sort of like either fake the emotion that you had because maybe you don't have it or like right. it keeps bringing you back to the same emotion you had. Yeah. True. And like imagine an artist who like has to go up on stage talking about like hard pain in their life, which, yeah. you know, there's obviously worse things in life than a breakup, but, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like you, uh, you would have to relive like these terrible things happening to you over and over and over again. And, and if it was your therapy, it's just sort of like rehashing the same thing over and over again right i can understand like how they would affect an artist in that way especially like uh like kids like yeah. child stars yeah like can you imagine like having to be like constantly like treated like you were treated when you were like nine years old yeah. or constantly like doing things or saying things or being in routines that you were in when you were like nine or even like uh musicians or actors or anyone who's like a little bit older like i think about like miley cyrus <laughs> yeah and, and just like her transition out everyone was like oh my god like she's so crazy da, da, da. and i'm like yeah but like if someone had a microscope on your like early 20s what would that look like for you <laughs> like i think about would that you want that to be a music career right like would yes, you want- i would have <laughs> that's actually what, exactly what i wanted <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. It's just like, and I think that's like a bigger problem of just how we like mistreat celebrity mm-hmm. and how, you know, we expect celebrities to be more than what they are. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a musician is a musician. They're not a life coach. They're not a <laughs> like, they don't. Yeah, we like hold them to this impossible standard and we give them no like privacy and yeah. like it's insane. Everyone always says, and I, I think most artists say this because it's true mm-hmm. um, that they, you know, if they can help one person through a hard time, then yeah. it's worth everything. Yeah. Um, and that their fans mean the world to them and that it's it is about the community around them. Um, but obviously that that community comes with some amount of fame, certain right. levels of fame. But um, if you're a huge artist and you're writing music that you want to mean something to somebody else and you're not really i I don't think a lot of artists i think a lot of artists want that i don't think a lot of artists understand what that is and i don't know um 
if a lot of artists like are able to turn that into what they actually want to see. I think right. that like a lot of artists are like kind of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I appreciate my fans and I'm happy to help people and all this. And like, obviously, you know, people will come and say to, to you, like you helped me through really dark times and you saved my life and all that. And yeah. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I've always wondered like what the impact of that is on yeah. an artist who themselves is still struggling. Yeah. Like, what is it to hear from somebody else? Is it a good thing? Is it like too much pressure? Is it a lot of pressure? Is it like the bigger you get, the more people that are going to say that you are responsible for me being alive today? Yeah. I'm like, I, I couldn't handle it if one person told me that now. Yeah. If somebody said to me tomorrow, you saved my life, I'd be like, fuck, you need, you need so many more people. Yeah. I can't, I cannot be the person like, well, and should we like even be holding like complete strangers to that? Yeah to that like level you know like you know oh like you saved my life but then if they do something awful which like they're prone to do because they're people and like (sighs) yeah very bizarre situations you know of course people should be like accountable for their actions but yeah i mean there are kids who like literally if a celebrity was like jump off a building they'd be like which one yeah that is so upsetting to me (laughs) It's just so scary. Like I, yeah. I but celebrities we, always like kind of frighten me. Celebrity in that way. freaks me out. Yeah. Like I, I am so like obsessed and like terrified about the whole idea of celebrity. Yeah. And just like what it means. And but I also feel so bad for them. Like we put them up on these pedestals, and then we're like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Especially when it comes to celebrities with like younger mm. um audiences. You know, yeah. like I'm a dance teacher, so like I definitely feel like a certain level of like, you know, portraying myself a certain way, doing things a certain way, knowing that there's like, yeah. you know, 60 kids looking up to me, not 60,000 kids looking up to yeah. me. <laughs> and so like, I feel that pressure, but I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm like a dancer, I'm a choreographer. I'm not like a child psychologist. I'm right. not like a, right. you know, what do you think it says about us that we're both like, I want a community and I want to talk to people and I want to be known for what I do. And like, I'm in this artistic thing to like perform for people. And it's also like, yeah, but like, don't get too close. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know. What does it say about us? I don't. This is where we lay down on the couch. We're just like, so when I was a child. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think it says something about us, like just knowing us. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think we speak for the whole like artistic community. I'm happy to. Or do we? Um, (laughs) Like, I think it's also says something about like art. Mm. Like if only like five people saw the Mona Lisa, like, is it that big of a deal? Is it still that good? Like how much of art is wrapped up in the recognition Mm -hmm. and how much of it is really just about the, what you're making. Yeah. And I think it's like somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Like, do you think that your, the pieces that you choreograph would like, if you weren't performing in them, let's say, yeah. If you choreographed it, do you think that it has to do with your, performance or your creation of it or do you think it just has to do with like it's just art and it's happening and it's out there like do you think that it matters that it's you or do you think that it just matters that it exists exists um i think 
both like yeah i and and that comes down to like who are you making your art for Mm. like who who needs to see what you did and i mean you can get into a really dark place with it like if i i mean not i'm not saying saying we should but just like as someone who's kind of like a creator Mm -hmm. like i mean yeah if i if i never make another dance is the world gonna stop spinning no no of course not like the sun will rise tomorrow but at the same time like it's not always just about like the art like i think about like my students i think about like my dancers and like outside of the art like we're still people we're Mm -hmm. still a community like this is something that's really valuable to us and like you know if my show got canceled for whatever reason like the months of like hard work i've put into it like those are still valuable Mm -hmm. So I think there's like that little narcissistic part of like, I want everyone to see this and love it. And like, you know, I want to be like successful and this is my business, but I think in like a healthier, more grounded way, like, but this is also my life. Yeah. And if I was miserable the past, however many months making this, but everyone loves the finished product, it's not worth it. Yeah. For where I am right now, like that's not worth it for me. Yeah why i quit (laughs) (laughs) uh one of the reasons and and i also think there's this mentality that if you're not willing to sacrifice everything if you aren't like da 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 then like you're not a real artist and i'm like you know what i'm okay with that i think that that's such a like like art isn't binary you need to be living your own life too like you need to surround yourself with people that make you happy you need to be able to pay your bills and have a roof over your head and eat and like enjoy life yeah and like the idea of like a struggling artist is like i don't know if it looks romantic but i'm like that looks like it's like to me it looks like it sucks like why would i want to be a poor starving artist and hope that i turn out okay like for every kesha that lived in their car there's somebody who's still living in their car yeah like it, it doesn't it doesn't work out for everybody in the same way and i think that it's dangerous to to sort of tell these inspiring stories and like anyone could do it it's like not really like not not everyone's going to do it the same way right i think that there's a lot to be said about working and and making art more locally yeah and doing it for a smaller group of people yeah and having it mean more to that group of people than mean less to a larger amount of people and i think like as artists we also kind of have to drop our like pretentiousness like i hear all the time like in the dance community i'm sure you hear it like with like the music industry or like anything like probably said a lot of the things in the music oh yeah me too like especially when you're like coming up and you're young and you think you're gonna make it in like six months (laughs) like (laughs) you know you just like you have this preconceived notion of what success is and what that looks like and you look down on people who haven't reached that but success isn't the same for everyone it's not gonna look the same and at the end of the day, like if you are happy with your life and you're not hurting anyone and you're like creating and contributing in some way, shape or form, like that's fine. Yeah. You know, like we don't all have to be Kesha's. <laughs> <laughs> I there was a time when I'm like fucking Kesha's so good. Kesha is good. I've fallen off, but I used to love Kesha. Kesha's funny. She's funny. Yeah. She's humorous. Yeah. Great job, Kesha. 
Way to go, Kesha. Check her out. Like and subscribe. Hey, uh, yeah, check out uh, this Kesha. up and coming artist called <laughs> Kesha. You heard it here first. You heard it. <laughs> um, and we're about an hour and nine minutes, so we can wrap it up. If Let's you want. wrap it up. Uh, yeah, it's nine thirty. Uh, so uh, thanks for coming to my first solo interview show episode of the podcast. Uh, I hope that my voice didn't annoy you and I hope that Megan's voice very much entertained you. Uh, <laughs> Megan, do you just want to plug everything again and just yeah, everybody sure. can find you? Yeah. All right. Uh, name and like everything yeah okay yeah. all right i am megan rhodes founder and artistic director of peckish roads performing arts society also known as the society <laughs> uh you can check us out on facebook instagram um at peckish.roads and uh come see our show at hamlin theater um it's in the like hamlin park and you can see it on Thursday, March 21st and Friday, March 22nd at 730. Awesome. Thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back. And as always, <laughs> I started doing this like weird outro. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Who would do this? Okay. And from all of us here at Emo Social Club Podcast, I am Brian. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Great. We're out. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs>